Since you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure that you are aware of the benefits of running an online business. In fact, you probably already run one yourself or else you're thinking about starting one. But along with all of the benefits of an online business, like having flexibility and freedom and no cap on your income, comes one thing that a lot of people are not as excited about. And that is the prospect of potentially becoming a slave to social media or getting on that content creation hamster wheel, as it's sometimes described, where you have to constantly keep creating content to feed the algorithm on Instagram or Twitter or YouTube or Facebook. And for a lot of us, we know that's not what we want. Maybe because you're already not really engaged with social media or interested in using these different platforms, or maybe you've already tried that game. Maybe you are already hustling on social media and you are wondering, is there a way that you could run your business without social media or without having to be so constantly plugged into it. Well, that is exactly why today I'm talking with my friend Becca Tracy. Becca Tracy, also known as Rebecca Tracy, is the founder of Uncaged Life, and she has been online doing this online business thing for over 12 years now. So she has been there, done that. She started her business back before social media was the thing that it is today, and she found strategies back then that worked for her and that grew her business. Over the years, she has tried different social media platforms and social media strategies. But at this point in what is now 2023, Rebecca is actually going back to those basics, back to where she started with her business because she's become just a little bit disillusioned with social media. It's not working as well as it used to, and she's found some significant drawbacks with it. So In today's episode, Becca and I are talking about how you can build your business without social media. What strategies are really working today? And here's a spoiler alert. They're the strategies that enable you to build what I like to call an evergreen lead generation system so that you're not having to constantly hustle. You're not having to constantly create content around the clock to keep up with the algorithm. And you're not having to stay constantly plugged into social media. So keep on listening to learn these tried and true methods and how you can build a wildly successful business without having to constantly use social media. We became entrepreneurs because more than anything, we want freedom. We want to be in control of our own schedule, income, and life. But unfortunately, that isn't always the reality of being a business owner. I'm Gillian Perkins, and I'm on a mission to take back entrepreneurship for what it's supposed to be. In every episode, I'll share with you how to get the most out of every hour you work so that you can work less and earn more. Let's get to it. Hey there, Becca. Welcome to Work Less, Earn More. It's great to have you here. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. So today, I really want to get into talking about how you run your business without social media or what role social media plays in your business. Because, you know, we all know how powerful social media can be for an online business. And I think in the early days of online business and social media, when social media was really taking off, we all just focused on that big upside, that big potential there. And we all kind of, at least I did, and I know a lot of us, I don't know if you did, but a lot of us got sucked into the social media game and it kind of became, it it felt like maybe the only way to run an online business. And now today, 
I have just increasingly noticed how little I really want to be plugged into (laughs) social media, how much I want to step away and just enjoy real life. And I've also seen this with my clients and customers more and more them coming into my programs and asking, but do I have to use social media to build my online business or saying like, I want to do this, but I'm not sure because I don't want to use social media. So I would love to dive into this topic with you today. You give me a little bit of like the backstory with your business. What role has social media played since, you know, since you started up till now? Yeah. So I started my business in 2011. So Instagram wasn't a thing then. We did have Facebook and I'm trying to remember what other platforms, Twitter, Twitter and Facebook were sort of the two main social media platforms when I started my business. And I definitely, you know, jumped on the bandwagon because I didn't know what else to do. One of the things that I did early on was I started a Facebook group because that was the thing to do then. And maybe it's still the thing to do now. I'm not even sure. Funny enough, I do actually still have that Facebook group today. So that's one thing that has has stayed continuous. But over the years, I've definitely jumped on and off platforms. Remember, I don't know when you started your business, but do you remember Periscope? Were you around for those days? Yeah, yeah. That was in the early days of my business. You know, I was trying to get things to take off. And then some people who I was following was like, Periscope, you got to get on this because, you know, it's a new platform. You can get in on the ground level sort of thing. You know, like this is your opportunity. Totally. So I remember like being like, okay, I got to learn Periscope. More recently, Clubhouse was kind of that thing. Mm-hmm. You know, got to put all the energy into this and TikTok. There's so many things. And I think I've tried to jump on a couple of them. And I think by nature, I am just not someone who I'm not like an early adopter, want to learn all the tech, like want to get all the strategy. I'm kind of like, I want a strategy that is going to work over time that I'm not going to have to keep updating. What I did find that as my business grew, so I started with one-on-one coaching and now I run a more scaled model where I sell a group program. So we need lots and lots of eyeballs in it. We sell through funnels, all that good stuff. And so as we've needed more eyeballs, we've definitely relied more on social media, but mostly on paid ads. But ads now, the heyday of ads is gone. I started running ads and it was, I can't remember what the costs were, but it was like, you know, you were getting like a 10 to 20 times ROI and it just, it made sense. And now that's not happening. And over the years, I've hired people to do my social media for me because I was like, okay, well, if people say this is important and we need to have it, I don't want to be doing it. So I had to get to a place in my business where I was actually earning enough that I could hire it out, which is, you know, a whole, other thing. It's like, is it even worth it if a huge chunk of what I'm making is just going back into trying to do social media? Right now in my business, we do use Instagram. I have a team member that does it for me. We do run Facebook ads and we're sort of always on the fence of like, should we stop these? Should we keep running them? But we're definitely this year specifically putting a lot more focus back onto organic marketing off of social media, specifically because we're just not seeing the return, even though I have an amazing team member and the strategy is all there. I'm constantly like, if we were putting this amount of energy and money into another avenue, could we be getting more? And I think the answer is yes. And when you say that, are you referring specifically to your team member who's running Instagram for you or the Facebook ads or both of them? Sort of both of them. So she's my marketing person. So she Mm -hmm. does a lot of different marketing, not just social media, but that's one stream of it. And I keep thinking like if we were to just pause all the time put into Instagram and managing the Facebook community and those things and just use that to go all in on the other things that we're doing organically, how much more impact could that have? So we're definitely shifting that balance now so that it's less on social and much, much more on all of the other things, which I'm sure we'll talk about. 
What's your process like for your Instagram with that team member managing it? What parts of the process do you do? Are you taking the photos yourself or writing captions and she's posting them or she writes them? What does that look like? She does everything except for respond to DMs if there's a specific sales question about working together. So, but a lot of it's repurposing content. So I'll write new blog posts being put out on a schedule or she'll go and mine all of our old content for stuff that maybe hasn't been repurposed in a while and she'll divvy it up and turn it into reels, turn it into videos, turn it into posts, take the copy and kind of refine it to to write into captions. So she really does a lot of it. Would you say that it's not working or you're not seeing as big a return as you'd like to see, specifically from Instagram? Is it that with that process that you have right now, you're not getting as much engagement or as much visibility on the platform as would make it worth it? Or you're getting the visibility and the engagement, but it's not converting into paying customers. I shouldn't even say that it's not working because it probably is. I think that what's interesting is that we started really putting that focus on Instagram after our business. Like we started this probably two or three years ago and I'm 12 years into business. So we sort of started it as like, okay, now that we're scaling, what's an additional way that we could be getting in front of people? So it's not that it's not working. I'm just not convinced that it's like the absolute best place to be putting the time and energy. So we're definitely getting some new eyeballs here and there. We're getting people who are on our email list following us on Instagram. So for me, I almost see it as like an insurance policy. It's kind of like, okay, if you're on our email list, but you don't open our emails, if you're also following us on Instagram, maybe you'll see the content there or vice versa. Maybe if you're in the Facebook group and you're not on Instagram. So we're putting the same content out in all the places. And I do think it's, helping to just reinforce our messaging and have people kind of see it in a different way. I'm just not sure we need to be doing it. It's nice that we're doing it and we have the budget to be doing it. But certainly like when I teach my students, I'm like, this is what I do. Don't do what I do. We have very different businesses. If you're starting your business and you're doing one-on-one coaching, you don't need to be doing all of this. So that's why I'm kind of hammering on the no social media message lately because we use it, but we're at a very different place in business. For sure. Yeah, there are. I kind of come and go with Instagram Mm. because I see some merit to it. Maybe I'll talk about that in a moment. I see some merit to it, but it's not where I want to be spending a lot of my time. And I haven't found a good way to delegate it to a team member. I've tried and it just never works as well as I want it to. But, you know, sometimes I'm there, but I always tell my students, you know, like this isn't what I'd recommend for building your business. It's not what I'd recommend for where you're at right now, certainly. The merit that I do see with Instagram, although it's not Instagram specific, is that I want people to be able to consume my content where they want to consume it. I want them to be able to get the updates. I know that personally, I, when I have used Instagram currently, is like not even on my phone. I'm not on it at all. But <laughs> Good for you. when I have been an, an active Instagram user, I follow brands because I want to know like when they're having a sale or I follow content creators because I want to know when they release a blog post or a podcast episode or a video or something like that. Like I want those updates. And, you know, maybe I also want to, you know, see what my friends are up to and do, you know, those normal Instagram things. But I want it to be like this this news feed or this update feed for me. It's there's not a good I was just talking about this the other day with some friends like there's not a really good platform for like following businesses especially ever since like Facebook really put the kibosh on businesses and made it so pay to play. Like you can't like follow a business on Facebook and then expect to like get updates from them anymore. Yeah. You've got to be on their email list. Yeah. Yeah. And email lists are obviously largely fill that purpose, but then email inboxes get cluttered Mm -hmm. and Google sorts them all into promotions. So sometimes we don't see them. 
And we all have a tendency of subscribing to too many email lists. And then some brands don't do their email marketing very effectively. So they might not tell you if they have like a new YouTube video or even if they're having a sale. Right. I mean, I I subscribe to email newsletters because I want to know when a brand is having a sale. But that doesn't always happen. Yeah. Good business lesson, folks. Tell your people when you're selling something. For sure. I totally agree with all that. The biggest merit that I see in it, because I have a personal Instagram account where I follow mostly like hiking blogs and dogs and my friends. (laughs) And so that's my when I'm on Instagram, I'm like, this is a great time, like all the things I love. And then we follow lots of different businesses on the business account. But what I love Instagram for is the networking and the connections and just the ability to kind of create a relationship with someone that you wouldn't have otherwise had access to who maybe is never going to open an email from you. But there's sort of this like personal aspect to Instagram. And I've built new relationships and also been able to nurture these kind of online business relationships through Instagram DMs, which has been amazing for my business. And some of those people, you know, we message about dogs and hiking, but we've gotten to know each other and we are now, like we support each other's businesses. And so I think that that aspect of it is really powerful, especially when you're a new business. You don't know anyone and you're trying to network and you're trying to figure out how you're supposed to meet people to like be on their podcast or be, you know, be a guest in there or something or other. And so I find it really, really great for that aspect. What does that kind of like flow or process looked like for you? Like, how do you meet someone on Instagram and how does that progress to you know, making a business connection, getting on someone's podcast or something like that. Yeah, I found that it often works better if I've met somebody somewhere else. So I'm in a course with them or I've met them through a networking event or somebody's introduced us or something like that because it's so easy. To, and I do this in real life, too. I'm like, oh, what's your Instagram? You know, so I go and follow people. And then it's really just about like for me, it's a strategy, but it's not something that I'm like, okay, I'm going to go and like like five of her posts and then message her three times over this period. Like it's I I get those in my DMs and I'm like, okay, I can tell this is like this weird strategy, but it's really just when I find somebody interesting and I like what they're doing, I'll comment on their posts and not necessarily business stuff. Like usually this is more personal stuff. So um, the one person I'm thinking about in particular, her name is Michelle Warner. I've had her on my podcast. Oh, did okay, amazing. So you know Michelle, she's amazing. It was almost reversed because she kind of did this with me, where I was asking specifically. I think I was going on my like my first ever backpacking trip. This was like ten years ago, and I needed help packing. And she was like, "Oh, I have a whole packing list. I'll send it to you." And so we connected over on Instagram, and then you know she was commenting on pictures of my hike, and I was commenting on pictures of her dog, and we just like kind of built this friendship. And through that, we obviously know what each other does in business, and it became so easy for me to say, "Hey." what you do is amazing. I'd love for you to come into my program and teach like a bonus webinar or something Mm -hmm. and vice versa. You know, she has something that my students can really use. And I have something that students that aren't quite ready for her can use. And so we send each other clients all the time, not because we did this whole strategy thing where we're like, okay, I'm going to pitch you and then I'm going to follow up in three days. Like that still, that works, but it was really a lot more of an authentic kind of friendship connection. And I find that a lot of the people that I have these referral relationships with have started that way where we've met usually in another group program or a Facebook group or or at like a real in-person networking working event. And then we've just been able to maintain that connection through social media. That's really been my experience as well, is that whenever there was some other point of contact with Instagram and whenever the relationship started with like no ulterior motives, you know what I mean? It was just like literally a, a natural friendship. That is what has turned into those connections that made things happen. 
Whereas whenever I've tried to use some sort of formula to network with people or I had that, you know, ulterior motive, like I'm going to meet up with these people in this way and try to get them to be in my network so that I can get this. Like that never has worked at all. I know. And I think it gives networking a bad name, Mm -hmm. actually, because like networking is networking, if we want to call that just like meeting people and being a normal human and like building relationships is one of the best ways that I still grow my business and did when I started as well. And I think it just gets a bad name because of exactly what you just described, this like weird sort of formulaic strategy that we try to put onto it. And if you think about it, it's really hard to keep those types of connections without social media these days. Like, you could get somebody's phone number or email, but it's very unlikely that you're going to have that same kind of connection because on social, people are posting what they're doing and you really have this glimpse into their day-to-day lives. So that's my that's my argument for keeping social media for folks who are like, I really don't want to be on it. I think you can be on it and not post anything and not spend all your days on Canva creating content and reels, but use it as a way to just maintain those business connections because those do become your best referral sources and your best partnerships and huge ways to grow your business without a lot of effort, really. It can feel kind of frustrating and honestly, almost kind of like a gamble to go into it without a strategy and without a plan, you know, and just not that there's anything bad about having, you know, these natural organic relationships turn into good things for your business. But if we're like putting on our CEO hat and like, how do I grow my business? Like that doesn't feel very like good or strategic or like I'm doing a good job being a CEO. Yeah. So definitely. So the strategy then. So number one, I think it's just a good strategy to have friends in business, especially when my audience is all new. So I tend to always be thinking with this like newbie cap of like, what do they need? And they need to know other people who are doing this because when you're doing it alone, it just doesn't work. So that alone is like, yes, you need some friends, but that's not that's not a business strategy on its own. You're right. Looking at so I'll use the example of me and Michelle because she she actually kind of did this. She knew that I had an audience that would probably be primed to work with her or sign up for her course once they were done working with me. And so we, you know, she messaged me about the hiking and we chatted about dogs. And I knew that looking at her business, like what she does, I'd love to get that into my audience one day. So there's some strategy there because you're you're putting the energy into connections also where there could be some mutual benefit Mm -hmm. or where you, you know, maybe you know someone who you're like, I would love to be on that person's podcast. I think I could offer them a ton of value. And so you sort of start doing that, but it has to feel authentic. And so it's not always going to work. Sometimes it's better to just send a pitch and, you know, not do the not do the whole song and dance <laughs> of like trying to pretend you're starting this relationship. But the times when it does happen and it you can just tell there's just some relationships that just I feel like happen really easily and when you can both support each other. So I do think you can go into it with a little bit of a strategic lens in terms of who you're actually spending the time connecting with. Certainly not your only business strategy, but I just think the more people that know what you do, the better for your business. So, well, I totally agree that there are times when it's better to just send the pitch and not do, as you said, the song and dance. But I also like this idea of this balanced approach where you are being strategic and intentional about who you're trying to form relationships with, but you're not being too formulaic about it or like too calculated about it where you're trying to, you know, like five of their posts and leave a comment under two of them and that sort of thing. And of course, there are better pitches and there are worse pitches. There are you know, most pitches I immediately just ignore, just delete. Then there are some like you sent me a pitch and I responded because you pitched me like a normal human (laughs) and we had some connections in common and that makes a big difference. So let's get back to you were talking about how Facebook ads, Instagram, they're not working as well as you'd like and you 
are thinking about maybe allocating less resources to them, let's say, and investing more time into what are the things that are working right now that you maybe would like to double down on further? Yeah. So we're getting back to pitching. So I grew my business through basically, you know, what we'll call like borrowing other people's audiences. So going onto people's podcasts, going at the time it was guest posting, actually. So blogging was way more popular than podcasting when I started. So it was a lot of guest blogging, writing posts for other people's sites. Now it's podcasts, it's interviews. It's sometimes going into other people's groups or programs and like just teaching a totally free training to them. I kind of stopped for a few years in the middle and people were coming to me to ask me to be on their podcast. But now we're sort of being a lot more intentional about just trying to do a lot more of that. And I've also gotten back to creating more content. I don't know if you've had this. There's a period in my business where at the beginning it was like a content machine. I need I knew I needed to get content out there just to build up traction. And then things just started working. The old content kind of kept repurposing itself naturally. Referrals were coming in, so I got really lazy about content for like some years in the middle. I was like, things are I don't really need to be creating a ton of new content. I think I wrote like four blog posts a year or something. And now we're kind of seeing the dip of mm-hmm the result of that. And so now I'm getting back to creating a whole lot of content. I actually just at the beginning of this year went and booked myself a little solo writing retreat off on the Sunshine Coast here in BC. And I hold myself up at a cabin for four days and I wrote enough blog post to cover for the whole year. Wow. So that was a little bit, <laughs> it was a lot, but I tend to work in bursts like that. And so now we're spending a lot of time kind of repurposing that really niched evergreen content. So we'll put it on the blog. We've also started a really basic podcast. There's no fancy anything. It's just basically me reading the new content. So for people Mm -hmm. who want to consume it in audio form versus read it. And then we're repurposing that over on Instagram and we're posting it in the Facebook group and we're chopping it up into all different places. So just a lot of content creation and getting back to kind of letting that do the work for us. And with that, I think what's interesting about that is We've written a few posts over the years. We've never really done any SEO work. There was a period in the middle of our business where we hired someone for SEO and they kind of came in and cleaned some stuff up. But it's never about SEO. I find if you're really writing, and I say writing, but like producing any kind of content that's really niched in and really, really speaks to your point of view about what's going on for your clients and why they're struggling. And it just sort of gets that emotion across that like you really understand why people are struggling and they really feel that you can help them. I found that that type of content does so well. And I think people stress whenever I talk about content in my program, they're like, okay, but SEO, you need to SEO it. And I'm like, I don't think you do, actually. It can help and it's nice. But I think that just really understanding how to how to create content that people are interested in is key. Yeah, those it's funny. Those are actually the two strategies that I teach it when I come to like the traffic and leads generation module of a program. And I'm like, OK, right. so now you need people to go through your funnel or to enter your sales system. Those are the two things that we double down on long form content yeah. creation that is going to have a shelf life. So yeah. we're not making TikToks. We're not just posting on Instagram, but actually creating YouTube videos or podcasts yeah. or blog posts. And I don't think blogging is dead by any means. In fact, no. that's something that we've been doubling down on further. And then secondly, those joint venture collaborations where you can get in front of other people's audiences. I think that is the shortest route to building an audience or generating Mm -hmm. leads yourself, for sure. You talked a little bit about blogging and you asked, like, is this something that I've experienced in my business as well, where you made a lot of content at first, then you kind of like took the your foot off the gas pedal And I have to some degree, certainly. My main platform for the last five or so years has been YouTube. 
And so I always had the algorithm kind of like tapping me on the shoulder, you know, being like, oh, you got to keep creating content. So I never completely took my foot off the gas for that reason. So YouTube kept sending me leads. But as far as blogging went in the early days of my business, it was staple content for me, even more so than YouTube, especially before YouTube took off. And so my site started Mm -hmm. to get a lot of Google traffic and that grew and grew and grew. And then it came to a certain point where I was like, wow, I've created so much content. Like, am I creating a monster here? No one's ever possibly going to get through all this. I should probably stop. So I kind of stopped intentionally because I didn't want to just make a mess. And I also wanted to focus on YouTube that was working so well. But at this point, we've realized we've seen that Google traffic start to dip a bit. And I know that it's because we stopped consistently publishing new content. Now, I still don't want to make a mess. I want to be a little bit more intentional, create some more substantial pieces instead of just publishing for the sake of publishing. But I do think that that is an important component. Even in 2023, where we might think like the heydays of blogging are over, people still consume written content constantly. I'm sure that everyone who is listening to this has Googled something in the last week, probably quite a few times, and then landed on an article that you read. And that still is a blogging. So we might not see, you know, blogging in its infancy and adolescence as we did a few years ago, where it was like just blossoming and <laughs> taking off and people were becoming blogging millionaires. But right. there still is plenty of room for getting traffic via blogging or writing articles. And I think that the main shift that really has happened is that in the earlier days of blogging, where there was overall less competition on the Internet for content, you could make quite a good living just with ads on your blog. You didn't really have to have a business strategy. If you created good content, you could put those Google AdWord ads on your blog and you could make quite a bit of money. Now there is more competition with content and with advertising in general, so the ad rates are lower than they used to be. And people have also definitely gotten desensitized to clicking on ads. You know, I think we all know that. Yeah. And so you need to have a business behind your website if you want to make a good living with it. And so for that reason, people can kind of feel like you can't make money blogging anymore or, you know, the blogging days are over. But really, if you can be just a little bit more strategic with it, if you can yeah, build that business behind it, I don't think that the blogging days are over at all. Yeah, that's so funny because I kind of forgot that that was a strategy to like make money from your blog with like clicking ads, <laughs> which is just so different from, you know, when you're a service based business, like that's not at all make money from your blog is like show people that you can help them so they buy your services. So that's how you make money from your blog. But I totally agree. And I love that you teach that strategy too. Yeah, I just think it's such a better use of time to have a piece of content that's going to sit there forever versus a TikTok video or an Instagram that's like just going to disappear. It could probably it would take me as long to make probably like a good Instagram reel as it would take me to write a decent blog post. And like one of them is going to live way. One of them is really going to outlive the other. That is a great point that that's for sure true for me. Like it would take me a couple hours to make a good Instagram reel or TikTok. And it would take me a couple hours to write a blog post. But one of them is going to have a much bigger impact on my business. I acknowledge, though, that one of them looks much more exciting and like <laughs> might get much bigger numbers and numbers that are publicly visible. But I know that one of them is going to affect my bottom line a lot more than the other. Yeah, that's so interesting. One of the um, she used to be a student in my program and now she actually works in my program as our, as our mindset coach. And we use, I use her as an example all the time. She has a totally separate business. She's a life coach um, outside of the work that she does with me. And she, she works with women who are in a new job or a new role who are feeling like a confidence crisis. And so she used to have really 
broad messaging and post really inspirational memes on Instagram about like living your best life and things like this. And she would get a ton of likes and comments and like, this is inspiring and people sharing, but was making zero dollars from it. And when she niched in and she kind of tweaked her messaging and she was really speaking just to the pain points of these women who are feeling overwhelmed and feeling like imposter syndrome in their new job, she started getting way less likes, way less shares, way less comments, but way more people booking consults and way more money in the door. So it's just such a clear example of how, yeah, the metrics on Instagram really aren't indicative of how much money you're going to make in your business. If you want to just inspire people, go for it. Yeah, I think people can get really caught up in that numbers game on Instagram and specifically like seeing the numbers other people have. And then that looks like, oh, that's the potential of Instagram. Like, you know, if I really hustle at this and I do a good job, then, you know, I could get the reactions. I could get the engagement that I see these other brands or influencers getting. And that would be so good for my business. But what you don't think about is that Instagram is not in the business of referring traffic. Instagram does not want to send people away to your website. Instagram and most other social media platforms, they're doing everything they can to keep people on the platform. That's like the whole point of the algorithm. And so you can play the Instagram game, you know, to its peak and you can win the Instagram Mm -hmm. game and it can still have a negligible effect on your business. Your business can still be not very successful because Instagram doesn't want to send you leads. Now, that's not to say Instagram can't be valuable. Like we were talking about earlier, if you make those connections on Instagram, if you get people really interested in what you have to offer, they will seek you out. They will go to your website, even if you are not linking to it, because they want to know more about what you have to offer. But it's not very good for trying to get people to even go listen to free content, even go listen to your podcast or go to your blog. Unlike something like Google, for example, Google is literally in the business of referring traffic. Google considers it good if someone leaves Google and they want it, the person to be gone for as long as possible. And the longer the person is gone, the more successful Google considers that and the higher you're going to rank on Google. So it's just a completely different game. Yeah. And I love like we're kind of talking a lot about Instagram. But I think one big point that I and what I love about the strategy that you teach is that there, you know, we're talking about Instagram, which is the thing now, which is kind of getting replaced by TikTok. Mm-hmm. The point is like, you know, we talked about Periscope. There's just so there's always going to be a new platform. And like I, by nature, like I said, I'm not the most techie person, even though I've had an online business for 12 years. I'm not someone who wants to like dive in and learn all the things. I'm a little bit lazy by nature. Like the idea of learning a whole new platform is not interesting to me. And the strategies that you're talking about, I've used them for 12 years and I'm still using them in my business and my business is mm-hmm. successful. And like, you cannot say that about any one of these platforms. They just, they change so much that you're constantly having to tweak your strategy or learn a totally new strategy or just totally scrap a whole thing that you've created because the platform, you know, got sold and it changed or it went out of business. For sure. I think a great example of that is people are constantly asking me for my take on YouTube shorts because I have built my audience on YouTube and then YouTube came out with shorts. And so they're always asking me, like, should I be on shorts? Isn't this like a good opportunity to grow my channel? Isn't YouTube pushing shorts? And I acknowledge that you can get more views more easily on YouTube shorts, but those views do not even translate into subscribers very well and translate into sales even more poorly. So yes, you could invest your time into creating shorts, you know, or this goes for TikToks or Reels or tweets or so many other things, right? And you can get engagement, you can get some visibility, but will you be able to translate that into sales? Will it ultimately affect your bottom line? 
And so for me, even though I could get more views potentially over with shorts, I stick to my staple tried and true long form content on YouTube because that is what enables me to really build relationships with my audience. And that is what translates into sales. So, Becca, I'm curious, when we brought up this topic, we decided to talk about this topic today of having social media play a lesser role in building an online business. Was there anything else that was on your mind? Any other talking points that you wanted to cover? I mean, I think we covered the biggest things, which were just like, because the biggest question I always get when I talk about getting a little bit off social media is like, but what do I do? What are the strategies, right? Like, what do I do? I go put up flyers in my local neighborhood. (laughs) And I think we talked about those, like the top three for me are just having that really niched in longer form evergreen content, networking and getting to build those relationships so that you can meet people who you can then pitch to and get in front of their audience and have this kind of great reciprocal relationship on an ongoing basis. And I think if you do just those three things, I think you can grow pretty quickly, especially when everyone else is distracted by growing on TikTok. Yes. <laughs> like th- there's a, so much more opportunity now for some of those slower, like I don't even want to say slower. I'm not saying like it's slower to get results. I just mean like less flashy type of strategies, less instant gratification type of strategies. There's less competition there and you will stand out if you are networking authentically if you are creating substantial good quality long-form content yeah i guess it's worth saying that it's not that any of the social media strategies are bad and i think there's people who are amazing at them and i sometimes have clients who come to me who are like i kill it making videos i love it it's fast for me it's creative for me it's like an outlet for me and i'm like amazing go forth do it make sure you've got clear messaging make sure you know what you're doing make sure it's working like make sure you're not dumping all of your energy into it because it's creative and fun but actually it's not getting you any results because there are people who love it and are really good at it and that is just like it's fun for them so you know it's not that they're terrible strategies you just really want to make sure that if if you're doing that and it's not working that you start to get real about what else you might need to be doing to find a strategy that works but go forth i am not one of those people Well, same. I I completely agree. Well, Becca, thank you so much for all your thoughts that you've shared with us on this topic. I think it's a really important topic to talk about because especially I think for the people who are, I probably shouldn't even say that. I was going to say, especially for the people who are new, I think we all potentially fall into the trap of feeling like we have to use social media for our businesses. We have to use it the way we see other people using it in those more flashy ways. And a lot of the time what's going on behind the scenes with the relationship building with the longer form content creation goes overlooked, especially these days. So thank you so much for all your thoughts you shared with us about that. To wrap this all up, could you tell the audience a little bit about your business and what you do for your customers and where people can find you online? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) My business is The Uncaged Life, and um, I have a marketing program that works uh, primarily with life coach coaches and health coaches who are new and are trying to figure out all the foundational stuff like messaging and niching and how to actually talk about what you do in a clear way and kind of getting the ball rolling with getting their first paying clients. We still have that Facebook group. The one I said I started back in 2014, I think I started it. And the Facebook group is a great place to do this kind of networking and building relationships. So it's great for new businesses who are starting and like don't know anyone and just have basic questions about things. That's called Uncaged Lifers. Anyone can join. We are on Instagram. You'll probably see my team member Ginger over there posting as me. I'm there. I see everything. I read things. But Ginger's usually in the inbox responding to stuff. And that's at The Uncaged Life as well. And then, of course, our blog at The Uncaged Life. Well, thank you very much. It was a pleasure to have you on today. And thank you so much for your time. 
Thank you so much for listening into today's episode, my conversation with Becca Tracy of The Uncaged Life. As she mentioned, you can find her at theuncagedlife.com where she works with coaches and online business owners to get clear on their brand message, create packages that sell, and help them get clients. Now, as we talked about in today's episode, a great way to get clients and customers for your business is through networking. Have you ever considered joining Startup Society? It is our membership program and community for digital entrepreneurs. We keep membership really affordable at just $49 a month because we believe that there is no reason that a mastermind needs to cost you thousands of dollars. And Startup Society isn't even just a mastermind and a networking community. It is also a robust online training program teaching you all the basics of how to start your online business and get it to start growing and making you money. Head to StartupSociety.com to learn all about the program and all the benefits that are included and to get your name on the wait list for the next time we open enrollment to the program. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Work Less, Earn More. Now, here's what I want you to do next. Take a screenshot of this episode you're listening to right now and share it out on your Instagram stories. And when you do, make sure you tag me at Gillian Z Perkins so I can see you're listening. Sharing on stories is going to help more people find this podcast so they too can learn how to build their business in a way that allows them to work less and earn more. And if you really love the show, head over to Apple Podcasts right now and leave Work Less, Earn More a review to give it a boost and help even more people find it. Okay, let's wrap this up. I'm Gillian Perkins, and until next week, stay focused and take action.